to the Skeptic Wire. Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Hello. We're the Skeptic Wire team. I'm David Harcourt. Hello. Gary Long. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hello, Gary. Hello. Would you two stop that? <laughs> Greg Perrine. Hello. Only you can present fire strivers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Would you like to start over? No. Fires. Start, start over. Florist start fires. Over. Start, over. start over. Yes, florist fires. <laughs> And Donna Swafford. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Did I even say the date? It's June 1st, 2011. We're the Skeptic Wire team. Thanks for joining us. We're not going to help. We're not going to help with the introduction at all. <laughs> hello. 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 <laughs> okay, hello. that's a lot. Hello. Hello. How are you? Let's move on. Hello. We've got hello. Hello. We have an update on a previous story. We do. Um, if, if you've listened to us in the past, we uh, have talked about Wayne Christian a few times. And he, ca- he came on our podcast and did, an, uh, <laughs> did a reenactment of his... Maybe we'll get him on this time. Yeah, perhaps we will. <laughs> I'll uh, have to leave the room to uh, a get little, in character. A little history on this issue. Um, <clears throat> in case you haven't uh, joined us before, uh, Wayne Christian is uh, has offered a bill in the Texas legislature um, a while back to fund traditional family and value centers in order to kind of counterbalance the uh, gay lesbian um, centers that were on campus. If anybody needs to be be counterbalanced, it's the gay. That's right. Well, that ended... I think there's a vaccine for that. (laughs) So his bill was to fund, provide equal funding for traditional value centers um, and, and that kind of went down in embarrassment when everyone realized that uh, we don't pay for gay and lesbian centers. Then we are all money. for equal funding. That's right. Yes. <laughs> because we don't fund it as a taxpayer. So the next attempt was to go and, and try to put sunlight on student fees, which, uh, which actually fund these centers, and make them post to the web so everyone knows what the student fees are funding. Which would be an interesting... Yeah, I don't sure. have a problem with that. But with the goal of trying to shame... Um, and, and LGBT. Really LGBT, yeah. No more to shame the administrators from parents who are an alumni right. who are calling in saying, how dare you fund right. these gay peoples and yeah. the gay and the... Right. Because my son might catch it. Now, if you recall, at, at, the, at the time he had proposed the equal funding thing, he said, hey, I'm not against these, these centers at all. I just want, um, you know... Transparency. Tra- well, transparency, but he also wanted kind of equality for everybody and, and for everyone to feel welcome. He had nothing against these centers at all. At all. And I bet that he is sticking to that line right now, isn't he, David? Um, no. If well, he can say two things... Well, he, he, used, to, he used to say... At the beginning, it says, I know what's being posted as I am against, against, against these centers. No, I am just concerned that the full scope of our student society should be represented at our institutions of learning. My bill did not say, quote, don't do anything, end quote. It's just said, quote, add to it, end quote, in order to get the full scope of the traditional lifestyle. Isn't that nice? I understand how it is being taken, but it's not doing away with anything. It's just saying, add things. Representative Christian, that is very admirable. Thank you. 
Thank now, you. Now, what did you say uh, a couple of days ago now that uh, those bills had failed? And you've, inter- you've introduced a new bill. Uh, yes, yes, I have. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I added it to the, uh, the budget, I believe. Uh, put it as a rider. It is the intent of this legislature that an institution of higher education shall not use any amount of appropriated funds or and or state property facility and or building to support a gender and sexuality sexuality center or other center for students focused on gay, lesbian, homosexual, bisexual, pansexual, transsexual, transgender, gender questioning or other gender identity issues. So no- I think that's fairly clear. <laughs> so no buildings at a uni- state university can be used to house any type of gender identity. That's right. Only we can only have traditional sex. <laughs> now my question on for you on Saturdays, <laughs> if you're married after after you've been drinking a lot. That's my, my question my for you, Sen- um, Senator <laughs> Christian, is what about tents? Can can gays have tents outside the buildings? Is that okay? Well, we all know that that's generally where they do have sex. They go camping, <laughs> and they set up their tents, and they're just all willy-nilly, so, so to speak. So, <laughs> I think so. I've heard. Yeah. I mean. Okay. So Wayne Christian is being a little bit inconsistent, saying he's all for these centers, he's all for equality, he's got nothing why, wrong with it. Why? Why an inconsistent senator and, and then, is against uh, against against against? And then when all all his uh, his schemes have failed, he just wants to completely ban the the uh, universities from housing these centers. So another uh, right right wing conservative uh, Texas representative has lied. Not huh. too surprising. Imagine that. I don't think he lied. I think he just misspoke but, the truth of what he was going to do. Maybe he just forgot what his position was. Could be like Newt Gingrich. Yeah. Now we had an uh, interesting story, local story. Um, it is graduation time, and yay! Um, congratulations to all those who are graduating. Congratulations, graduates, <laughs> class of 2011. We're having a disaster here. Uh, Sorry. Congratulations, small. 2011, class of 2011. Now, yay! yay. Yes, yay. but not congratulations <laughs> to the class of 2011 in Casterville, who obviously yeah. learned nothing in their civics class. Yeah, we have small town west of here at Casterville. Donna, tell us all about it. One student, uh, last name is Schultz, I don't have his first name off the top of my head right now, complained that the mandatory prayer that is said every year at the Castroville graduation was, oh my God, imagine that, unconstitutional. And the school Shot. went, what, it's what we've always done. So he last. sued, yeah. and he won. And everybody here in San Antonio has gone completely yeah, not everybody. We've got a good well, five or six people. Well, there's four of us here. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple and, of people and, on and, Facebook. And a couple of people who are uh, just telling people to calm the down. And now our <laughs> lovely attorney general for the state is actually getting involved and is suing. suing to reinstate the prayer. Right. So not San Antonio attorney general or attorney. The state, state. attorney yes. general. Yeah. Felt the guy up in well, yeah, Austin. To get involved in yeah. The guy up in Austin. So apparently this well, guy a, got the job as attorney general yeah. without understanding, you know, constitution. Yeah, that's not a Yeah, that whole establishment clause. That pesky establishment clause. <laughs> so just to be clear on, on what the judge said, and it was a pretty fair, fair ruling. Students can get up there and talk about their personal faith. 
They can and talk about their personal faith. They can talk about their testimony. But they can't say, everybody stand and bow your yeah. head in prayer. Yeah. Or end it in, in Jesus' name, amen. They can't basically have a prayer. Right. Or, and, you know, they could... Pray right before the graduation on their own. Everybody is free yeah. to do that. And they also said they can't have a section called the benediction and right. They need invocation. to have opening invocation. and closing marks instead of right. invic- invocation yeah. now, and benediction. I went to a graduation last night. How did it go? Uh, it would not have passed the judge's uh, ruling. There was now. I'm not sure if it was an invocation, but there was a student-led prayer. I, I couldn't get a hold of the. the that would probably be the invocation. Yeah, there was a student-led prayer, which would not have been allowed under this judge's ruling. Yes. So, but it was interesting. I'm so used to that. It's hardly, you know, hardly <laughs> even. <laughs> but like I said, literally, people have been going crazy. I mean, obviously, it's not to the extent of the Damon Fowler case where death threats were being made. But people have said, this is the way that it's always been. It's the way that it always should be. And why are we letting one person yeah. ruin the graduation sure. for everybody, because yeah, they are a faith-filled class. Yeah, a lot of nice comments like that. I just, yeah, and you're expecting it. You're just, I'm just kind of like holding my breath, going and looking at the comments, saying, okay, when is it all going to start rushing in these idiotic comments? Yeah, and they're all very tolerant towards the Christian prayers, but not so much against not praying, which it's kind of a one-sided tolerance. You can pray. As long as uh, fine, it's let's have a prayer at the graduation. Praying. Let's make it a Muslim prayer. See yeah, how they, they like that. that and that's, yeah. Let's yeah. all face Mecca. Yeah. yeah. And bow. The, this, this kind of brings up something that, you know, as, as, as fairly good as our legal system is to redress these kind of things in the long run, it's just so unfortunate that, you know, some, it's this whack, game of whack-a-mole where one law, <laughs> one law or one decision is made here in Texas where someone says, no, you can't have a prayer at graduation. Yet someone two towns over does the same exact thing, has the same exact law, same exact state law or whatever, and it's like, no, no, it's been <coughs> proven unconstitutional, yeah. yet it keeps on coming up, and yeah. each time it has to go back to court, even yeah. though the same decision has been made on yeah. the same exact issue. It's yeah. just so frustrating. To be fair, this is a very difficult line to tread, you know, because you want to give people the free speech to thank their God... <laughs> And you also don't want, you also don't want, this is a captive situation to have non-believers or believers in other religions, you know, be forced to listen to a lot of, you know, if it's, if, if, if you're asking the audience to be involved, I think that's where the judge kind of drew the line there. Yeah. Or, or especially when it's told, it's not just the asking, it's, this is what we are doing as a class and the, the, the principal is telling you, this is what we have to do as a group. That's really yeah. that's that's the obvious part. It's the you know please pray with me. That's kind of like yeah. eh, a gray line. Is yeah. it a teacher? Is it a student? Yeah. It's it is a gray line, but the decision it, you know has been it, the the question has been asked so many times that we kind of know yeah. where the safe and dangerous areas are. And these people keep doing the dangerous area, yeah. the patently well, illegal good, area. Maybe it's good that we've got now an appeal. And maybe this will provide some clarity uh, for school districts. No, it's it's not, because everybody has already proven that obvious basic reading skills, (laughs) that whole First Amendment and that pesky separation of church and state and establishment clause. Well, I know, but you're balancing two two of those First Amendment rights. You're, You're balancing the First Amendment right of the student 
to get up there and say what's in their heart, and you're balancing the the rights of a captive audience. A captive audience. <clears throat> right. It's not that. I would say it's not that clear. And I'd say there is a there is a balancing act. There is a decision to be made, and maybe this will add some clarity. So. I doubt it. (laughs) I don't have faith in my fellow Texans. When the principal says valedictorian, you will lead the prayer, but it's the student comes up with the prayer. And having been somebody who was a salutatorian. I don't think that was a situation. Well, I'm I'm just giving that example. Something that could be argued as a gray area, but if it's the principal saying, you will do this. (laughs) Yeah, but that's not the situation. This is a little bit more. Hey, we, we're not telling them what to say. We give, we allow them to say what they want. We don't provide them guidelines. And now the law is saying, no, you need to provide them some guidelines. You need to tell them you can't. But the yeah, the, the idea of the school saying this is where the prayer goes in the ceremony is not gray area because the school should not organize not have an organized prayer. Right. If but, the valedictorian chooses during his or her speech to say, I'm going to end this with a little prayer because this means something to me. That's the First Amendment side. Okay, of, well, of the free, first, freedom well, of religion. Well, that's ba- okay. Them praying by themselves, but them to co- basically coerce someone, uh, like the the audience, the graduating class, to go. Why don't you all play, pray with me? That's like religious bullying. Yes, because but it's, if it's not the school telling you to do it, if it's just yeah, the, and the individual, know that's, that. that's not the but case. Here's the this thing is also, a case where we want to give them free reign and do what they want. Okay. Damon Fowler's case then, how is that different? When the valedictorian got up and said, I'm supposed to have a moment in silence, but here, let's all say the Lord's Prayer together, how is that different? That's just I being an I'm asshole. I'm, not, I'm agreeing with the judge's decision. So I'm not going to take I, that I understand side. that you're playing the devil's I'm advocate. I'm just but, saying that it's not that clear cut. And so as a society, we need to draw that line. Well, we have a middle gray area, and then there are portions on either side <laughs> that are black or white. <laughs> And people are sure. stamping all over that, and that's what I was complaining about. The the, the obvious kind of, no, you cannot do this, but yeah. people keep doing it. Right, but so. it's nice that we have young young men who stand up and, and do this kind of thing. And women. And stand. women. Yeah. Well, this was a young man. That's why I said right. this is a young man. Stood up and... Young did. people. <laughs> the youngsters. The youngins. this can't be easy for him. No. So let's move on. We have another um, update in Texas news. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about a ghost... Uh, story. Uh, now this is Sam the, the Fort Harrison, the Fort, Fort, Sam, Fort Sam, Sam Houston, where there was a ghost team that came in, in to investigate ghosts. And uh, what the we old got? dinner theater, and now basically WOA just trying to squeeze that just even more because it's sweeps week, so we got to give it? them that. No? And, and, and squeezing it some more, saying, "Oh look, more people have seen the ghost or heard the ghost or whatever." <laughs> I love the way they they said it. Since our first story, since we brought you the story earlier this month, emails with more spooky stories have flooded in. It's because someone saw on the news and said, "Me too, me too." Yeah, I saw a ghost. And I was actually drinking absinthe. So this is going to be the ghost story that doesn't die. They'll they'll bring it up. Now it'll be the regular <laughs> Yeah, the ghost story that doesn't die. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we encourage the listeners to go to the WOAI website. If you like spooky ghost stories. And and look at the pictures, especially, because they keep saying, oh, look. yeah, there was these... Oh, yeah, actually, we gave you clear evidence. Flare. Clear evidence of a yeah. girl in a dress and a bartender with a rag yeah, on his right. hand. Yeah. And clear evidence of the chair moving <laughs> when Guy was sitting next to it. And, oh, nobody could reproduce that. That... But just look at the photos, and it's like, no, that's not 
That's a smudge. That's not a bartender. Granted, I don't drink, so I don't know what a bartender really looks like. But well, after so many they drinks, look they look like every one of us. Well, after so many drinks, they can look like a smudge. Yes. <laughs> it also does depend on I've what you're drinking. I've never been to that state, but uh, I have. Oh, well, okay. It also does depend on what you're drinking. Uh, sorry. You know, you're drinking absinthe or Yanni's Rockney. That's that's. A what whole is your thing with absinthe? Because yeah, that's like know. twice today. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a. a <laughs> this week's podcast brought you by Absinthe. <laughs> okay, now there was a minor. No, we're all here. No one's absent. <laughs> Don't be so absent in it. Eight. <laughs> there was a minor. What you call me? <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> so, Dave, what was this minor victory today for the Texas State Board of Education? There was a minor victory for everyone who likes accurate textbooks. S-O-R, <laughs> right. Our, our um, chairperson of the Texas State Board of Education, Gail Lowe, has, da, 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 da. has not been confirmed uh, to another Oh, I firm. think she's Christian. She's still on the board. She <laughs> just hasn't she's been confirmed. She's as, not been confirmed as chairman. Chair. Oh. Right. Now the chairperson. Wouldn't that be chairwoman? Chairperson. Chair midget. <laughs> chair. Can you just say Chair. Now, the governor is the no. one that appoints the chairperson she is not the sofa. of the board. Now, he had appointed McElroy a couple years ago. McElroy was... Is is brilliant. McElroy was yeah, brilliant. He made brilliant. great news. The Democrats <laughs> stood up and did not confirm him. Of course, he, the, the governor appoints, but the, the legislature's got to approve. Uh, we had enough Democrats to disapprove of not pass Dan McElroy a couple years Don. ago. Don McElroy, and now they've done the same thing with Gail Lowe. So um, hopefully Rick Perry, because Gail Lowe was as bad as Don McElroy. Yes. Um, <laughs> but that's like saying the world's tallest, you know, shortest tall person. So so hopefully maybe the governor's going to get the hint this time and not, <laughs> not appoint an extreme, you know, these, these they were both that's creationists, young earth like, creationists. But that's why you um, isn't, yeah. isn't she also like the the homeschooler? No, that was Cynthia Dunbar. Cynthia Dunbar, right. Okay. Yes, the homeschooler on the State Board of Education who didn't send her kids to school. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> it was really trying to destroy. Anyway, but we're not talking we're, we're talking about Gail Lowe. We're talking about Gail Lowe. Ms. Lowe. Now we'll see what kind of I I think the uh, Texas Freedom Network said this is probably gonna make no difference because there's still right wing uh, religious conservatives have a big majority on the board. And no, no, no matter who he appoints and gets approved, they're probably going to stick with the agenda. Yeah. Um, and there's, they have the big tasks coming up because we've got the science uh, materials to be approved for the teaching of evolution coming up. So this board is going to be approving what, what's going to be taught uh, to our, our students regarding science right. and, and especially I have a general evolution. Texas question being not from Texas. How hard would it be for one of us to run for Texas State Board of Education. Not, it's not very hard. You just do it, but uh, that doesn't really make any difference because, like, in in the district I live in, they reelected the uh, Young Earth Creationist. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you, the guys on the state board now, every one of them had at least a couple million dollars behind them to get that seat. But maybe we could at least get one of our names on the ballot. Oh yeah, you could do that. I think all yeah, I have to do is say you're just, running. Well, no, I think you have to have X amount of signatures. Oh. Sort of like 
you have to do for any public office here in San Oh, you have, enough, you have to have enough X people, amount of signatures, yeah. and then you turn it in, and you pay your filing fee, and they go, you're on the ballot. Okay. Right. So I'm looking forward to see who Rick Perry appoints next. Rick the Hair Perry. But he he might do it as part of the emergency session that we're dealing with right now, yes. right? Yes, and that is actually probably going to actually make it easier for him. Well, that would be very unfortunate because I'm not sure if it applies to this, but under emergency session, you only need a straight majority for yeah. a lot of things. So it might be easier for her to get confirmed. Yeah, because there is there is not... yeah. There's only 11 right. Democrats in the Well, that's the what House. happened like 30 with that's what happened with Don McElroy. When Don McElroy was not approved, it went into special session 2 years ago, and that's how Gail Lowe basically got Right. You know, she was bada-bing, his bada-bing, replacement. And, yeah. And now it's time for the lightning round. Yes. Yay! What is the lightning round? And we have eight topics here. I have eight topics in my hand, and and um, each of us is going to pick a topic. Because there are four of us. Because there are four of us. We each get two topics. Are you topics. sure there's four of us? No one, one knows two, right two, now who's going to do oh, what topic, but each person gets to pick a topic and pass the remaining to the to the. Person. What about my multiple personalities? You only get two. Each you do not body gets one topic per okay. time, and then we go around for a okay. second time. Okay. So this time I'm going to start, and then Gary, then Greg, and then Donna. And uh, we'll see how this goes. We all have 90 seconds. We've all read these topics, had a little bit of time to look at them, but no one knows exactly what topic we're going to get, except me. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm starting. Okay. Okay. Don's got the timer. Here go. we go. Okay. This article is, Can 2012 Declaration Help Us Enter Psychic Science New Age? And this is a press release put out by the Taiwan-based Galaxy 7, who is trying to usher in a new scientific revolution. Now, the old scientific revolution was the Enlightenment, but that only dealt with physical stuff. So they're looking to, for a new scientific revolution to deal with the other, you know, the psychic kind the of... Mental the stuff, mental stuff. The crazy stuff. So, what this group is trying to do is come up with actual scientific protocols on how to develop a psychic, scientific uh, community. Um, the reason... This is quotes. The reason why the development of psychic science on Earth is at a standstill and unable to join the ranks of the civilized interstellar alliance is because a system of theoretical standards for the science of psychic is still lacking and people fail to uni- unify research methodology. Sounds great. Sounds sciencey. And I would love to join the uh, intergalactic stellar alliance. Do they have so a website? I hope they come up with something. Do they have a secret handshake? Um, but the interstellar. The website is at the very bottom. Uh, www.2012declaration.com This is going to happen on 2012, uh, December 21st. This is going to be the new scientific revolution. Wow. That was I, good. I look that forward to seconds. our new uh, uh, wooey overlords. <laughs> okay. I guess I am next. Uh, I have genetically modified food is destroyed. Frankenfoods! Frankenfoods. Now, I love that in, in Veteran, a municipality in the Belgian province of East Flanders, activists succeeded in damaging the GM potatoes, being trialed for blight resistance. So this wasn't even the field that's going to be... It was a scientific it's study right. to see what's going <laughs> But I love this because the protest was organized by the Belgian Field Liberation Movement! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> which is the FLM. Go rescue those potatoes. So they, or is it the Field Liberation Front of Belgium? <laughs> no, no, no. That, that was the Splinter Group. And so they they managed to get past three or four hundred. Uh, sorry, no, three or four hundred people managed to get past uh, police officers who were supposed to guard it. And they pulled up the potato plants and they spread it with herbicide, which basically destroys the entire study. Way to go, guys! Uh, yeah, stopping nice. science. Nice. So, something to actually tell what tell us whether this stuff is safe. Or not. Right, exactly, and that's that's what the whole point of this whole thing was. And so, rather than destroying a field of GM crops, they went out and destroyed the the study. But they replaced the potatoes with non-GM potatoes. Sure they did. Yeah. That's what they said they were going to do. Yeah. Hey, but it was non-violent, so good for you for not being non-violent, you FLM Well, they were jerks. violent to the potatoes. Yeah, poor potatoes. They were criminal potatoes. <laughs> All right. In, um, on April 6, in 2009, um, there was a 6.3 magnitude earthquake in Italy. It killed a few hundred people and, you know, reduced a lot of, uh, you know, buildings to rubble, and there were thousands of survivors living in tents for a long time, that sort of thing. But apparently, that's not bad enough. Uh, Judge Giuseppe Romano Gargella, I probably should have read that before I was reading it, um, has decided that um, seven scientists, um, member of the Great Risks Commission, needed to be prosecuted for manslaughter for not properly predicting this earthquake. Even though scientists... Throughout the ages, have said you can't predict you can't predict earthquakes. We don't have the science. They said we're gonna we're gonna charge you with manslaughter. Now there's been no decision yet on the actual trial, but um, they've been they're they're arraigned or whatever. So um, it's really kind of unfortunate. And this kind of ties into a subject we were talking about a couple weeks ago about how um, there was this um, uh, prediction of an earthquake in May. For, for Rome and people were panicking and people were saying we cannot predict earthquakes. Yep. You know, so you know. So, so now they're be, now they're being sued because they can't, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, because they can't. So it's it's unfortunate, but what are you gonna do? And that's all I have to say on that. So. Okay. Bing. Bing. Okay, and mine is in objection to gay rights laws. The diocese is ending uh, adoption work in Illinois. As we all know, today first day for civil unions in Illinois. Congratulations to all gay and straight couples who plan to get civil unionized. <laughs> oh, so you're so you're so you're pro union? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I'm pro union. <laughs> Scott Walker might have a problem with that. Um. <laughs> But because the specific reference language in the bill did not have a religious exemption, the diocese has actually pulled out saying we are no longer going to do adoption and foster care work because they cannot guarantee that their civil rights to discriminate, I oh, guess, gosh. are going to be... <laughs> their civil rights to be bigots. Right, their, their rights to be bigots because what they're saying is if we have civil unions... Therefore, because we get state money, we have to actually let gays adopt. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, dear. You can be a bigot all you want, but you can't be a bigot with state funds. That's right. Right. That's what it boils down to. Um, and quite frankly, I, I think that they have enough uh, secular uh, adoption agencies that this right. is not going to hurt. Many, yeah. Yeah. And right. good, because, I mean, they'll probably just put them in a diocese that that they have control over, and then we all know what happens to children yes. in the diocese. Yeah. Yes, we all know what happens to little boys and girls. That's and right. 
It's not quite true, but... (laughs) Okay, I'm going to talk about a potential ban on circumcisions on the San Francisco ballot, which has not a chance of hell passing. But we're going to talk about it anyway. This is from a group. A group's been trying to put this on the ballot across the country. The group is called, I like this, the uh, um, Male Genital Mutilation. Um, Now, this has actually made it to the ballot. They got enough uh, signatures in San Francisco. And uh, I want to read a couple of reactions to this. Uh, This is from um, a rabbi. Uh, the practice of circumcision has been done for thousands of years in an integral part of the Jewish religion. They can't be allowed to stop such an ancient tradition. They're legislating what we can do, and it doesn't even affect them. They don't have to do it. Yeah, now, an ancient tradition it. like slavery. Yeah. Um, now, the writer of this article says, and I think his opinion is completely wrong here, uh, the opinion of this writer is if we reverse course and begin to ban religious practices, our system of democracy will be, and the strength of our constitution will be weakened. Okay, so you know, I just wonder if they take that, if they, if they, if if we were a Muslim country doing female genital mutilation and saying, oh, if you prevent us from doing that, you know, you're being you're being intolerant. Yeah, but what about the health benefits that have been there have been purported studies? I'm not sure there's a lot of health benefits to circumcision. I would question that. There's certain well, in, in there certain aren't any major are. benefits. Right. Yeah. Ding. <clears throat> okay. So I've got the uh, Veterans Administration backs off and will allow a pastor to say Jesus Christ, which I imagine him as saying, Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, He's Australian? Yes. Crikey's! <laughs> So they will allow him to utter the name Jesus Christ in the Memorial Day invocation at Houston National Cemetery, which happened already. I didn't uh, check up to see if he actually did, but I'm sure he did. Pretty sure he did. Because he sued the agency, accusing it of censorship. Um, So that was Friday. Uh, Hughes warned the agency Thursday it could not gag citizens, saying free expression includes everything from Abraham Lincoln's speeches to Charlie Sheen's rants. So, uh, let me see. Because God knows if anything needs to be censored, it's Charlie Sheen's rants. No, I want to hear those. (laughs) But, you know... Because they're by winning. So so last month, the cemetery officials directed the the pastor to make the prayer inclusive of all beliefs and non-denominational. And, of course, adding Jesus Christ to it makes it completely non-denominational. Yes. Um, yeah. Those damn Buddhists. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's similar to the uh, graduation thing, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. So, way to go. Way to go. Uh, free speech, except... When it's not. When it's not. Yeah. That's it. All right. Um, I have... Um, too many kids are getting antibiotics for asthma. Um, since I was a little kid, I've had asthma. And I've had various different kinds of inhalers and... You know, had to go to the hospital once for it, and it's always been you either have certain medications that, you know, you know, deal with the constriction or dealing with excess mucus buildup, which is basically what asthma is. And I got that education because doctors told me, you know, what asthma was. But unfortunately, it seems that a lot of children and parents are not getting that proper education of what asthma actually is. So it sounds like almost in a panic they say the doctors. We just need to try everything and anything to stop them from, you know, not being able to breathe. So they they go ahead and say, okay, well, I'll give them antibiotics. 
The unfortunate part is too many people are being given antibiotics nowadays. Um, and so they you know, say that um, on uh, all the, the visits by children to doctors with asthma, 16% of the time um, these kids are being prescribed antibiotics. And that's way more than needs to be. But at least they were saying that if they are educated about what asthma really is, it goes down to more like 11%. But even that is just not needed. No, well, like, well it's, it's, it's just like the, the antidepressants and the ADHD medicate. It's all being over-prescribed. Uh, yeah, which leads to, you know, antibiotics have side effects, which are things like allergic reactions and... Oh, Again, got to talk about talk it about on the that. thing. Oh, well. Look for it on the blog. <laughs> and in our final topic, because I got the, the short end of the stick this week... Hint, hint, next week we start with me, David. Yeah, I took I took the VA backs off, so yeah. Um, Egyptian general admits soldiers performing virginity tests. Apparently, there was a a group of women that was arrested recently, and in order to ensure that they could not claim that they were raped while in custody, this Egyptian general ordered virginity tests, which apparently all the women. We're not virgins. You couldn't actually, you know, like, not rape women. How's that you revolution have to going? Tests. <laughs> Apparently it was during, like, right after Mubarak's revolution. <laughs> and people, these women were protesting, uh, among yeah. the protesters, and they say, we're going to arrest you and check if you're virgins. Right, right. because they, there were women sleeping in tents with men that were not their brother, husband, yeah. whatever crazy thing. But apparently, you know, it, it was a visual check. Yeah. So... <laughs> I mean, how else would you do it? So, really, the test is actually not as invasive as Rick Perry's we need to give women sonograms before they have abortions law. Right. Well, that's a good news thing. But as equally humiliating. It kind of kills my optimism. In fact, more humiliating. Revolution in in Egypt, you know. Uh, Baby steps. Hopefully, this stuff goes away. Um, We'll see. Hopefully, you know. There you go. Well, on that happy note. And we have. A bunch of other subjects that we're going to tackle later on, probably on the blog. So look, yes, we do. look to our blog and check out what else we've we withered out to not Look rent. for horse herpes and rodeo queens on stick ponies. <laughs> and Donna going off about Brian Fisher. And yeah, stuff Brian about Fisher. the Catholic Church. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We have a couple of stories about the Catholic Church we're not going to be able to talk about. We are going to talk about cell phones. And cancer. There was a big uh, study just came out. Uh, it's been all over the news. I CNN has been talking news. about it all day, and uh, supposedly there's some evidence uh, at long last, perhaps, that cell phones may cause cancer. But it's not even that decisive. Really, it, there's a lot of indecisive. Like, it's possible. It's you know maybe it's whatever. It's as possible maybe. as coffee. Basically, or cell pickles. Cell phones were put into category two B, which is the, or not it, 2B. Well, it's definitely not 2A. Yes. All right, here's group one is carcinogenic to humans. Period. No if, no, no doubts. Probably things like asbestos. And cigarettes. And cigarettes or something. Number 2A, which is not even what cell phones were put into, is probably carcinogenic to humans. And and that's that's kind of like well probably maybe you know hope that there's there's more evidence of that yeah there's some indication right. 
Group 2B is possibly carcinogenic. I mean, it mm-hmm. needs more research. There have been mm-hmm. slight indications, but there's no strong correlation. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, these yahoos who are you know being interviewed on CNN are like, oh yeah, well there's you know san- cancer on the shape of a cell phone and la 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 la. And like, no. Well, maybe they don't go la 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 la. But <laughs> I didn't see that part. <laughs> but you know, I've just you know people I've seen on being interviewed are like, oh yes, we've known this. You know, it's 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 also helped the cranks come out of the woodwork saying, oh yeah, there, definitely there we knew cranks? all along. Yeah. Tell me now. There are. What's interesting is that um, scientists, a lot of scientists, have been saying, well, they, there's no mechanism, right, for there to be damage. You know, the, the radiation is not strong enough it's, to it's too long of to a break wavelength. the bonds. And and now they're trying to suggest, well, maybe there is a mechanism uh, by it kind of they they have shown that it does speed up kind of the uh, what does it do there? Um, it has something along the lines of increases metabolic activity or something. Yeah, in it's the something brain, very vague, there, in, in and it could areas. be activity from using the cell phone and having to think and have a conversation. I mean, that's I haven't read that People anywhere, but that's a hypothesis. Have, well, they have conversations. You you have to use your brain to talk on a cell phone. Despite the people I see driving with cell phones, which is obviously brainless. Yeah, because obviously that's a bigger issue. I think that more people are going to get killed by drivers using their cell phones than... Well, I believe there was a study that showed that when people were on cell phones... It's the equivalent of being drunk. I was not about driving. Uh, Just using the cell phone uh, raises the the blood pressure. Huh. Which, uh, grant, it was one study... And it made sense because most of the time I'm on the phone, I'm angry. I'm an angry person anyway, though. Fuck you! Okay, so we looked at this. There's been a couple of studies that showed a strong correlation. Not even lar- that. No. Yeah, there, there was a couple. There was a couple. Literally the, a couple. The, the biggest study showed none. The, the Dutch study about 70,000 no, people. But the, but the ones that, that, that showed correlation were not particularly good studies. Yeah. Right. Um, according to the things that I've been reading, yeah. uh, they they uh, self-reported their their cell phone use, right. uh, and even when they didn't, uh, other people reported their cell phone use for them. Yeah. Like if they had per- uh, passed away, he's always on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> and always. And a lot of the the kind of the 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 idea of well maybe there might be something is cherry picked quotes because we have this one quote from the um, there was this one study done. On um, in, in the International Journey of Epidemiology, brain tumor risk in relation to mobile telephone use. And one of the conclusions of the authors was, quote, overall, no increase in risk in glioma or melanoma, I can't read that, uh, was observed with mobile cell phone use. There were suggestions of increased risk of glioma at the highest exposure level, but Biases and errors prevent a, caus- a causal interpretation. The possible effects of long-term heavy right. use of mobile cell phones require further investigation. Right. Now, that was from one you of the take studies. one little clip of that, and it right. says, "Oh, we think there's high risk." Right. It's like, right. right. That was one of those studies, right? Yes. Okay. So, but what what came out recently is there was, I don't know if we call it a meta, meta study, but there was several uh, scientists from different companies that, I mean, countries that looked at all the studies. And tried to make a determination, you know, right. of whether there is evidence. And the group of them came to a determination that there was enough evidence to be some concern and to raise that threat level from the CDC. I to, think it's to, more to, like I, they, I they wanted that. to play it safe and say, you know what, this needs more study. Yeah. Let's put it on the possibly list. Yeah. yeah that's that's, you know, that's where I, I read it. It's that. on the possi- possibly list along yeah. with lead, engine exhaust, 
chloroform, pickled vegetables, and coffee. Yeah. Those are not okay. things that you have to be afraid of in your everyday life. Well, maybe chloroform. No, it's a typical Saturday right. night, if you ask me. <laughs> okay. Again, back to your typical Saturday it's, night. I mean, it's worth continued study. It's worth continued study. I think people are using cell phones more and more and more. Well, but we'll, we'll also see... Um, because uh, we'll have the first generation who's always had cell phones coming, yes. coming up. And a, it could be a 20-year effect. And, I mean, because when cell phones came out for uh, our generation, sorry, we're a little older <laughs> than the most. We already had thick skulls. Right. But but they it was a completely different technology. I mean, yeah. we went from analog uh, to to digital. Yeah. So analog, I can kind of see. I might have some problem with that. Uh, uh, but but then you go to digital and you change the, the frequency of, of what you're using and... And, it's all about and how it's done. Yeah. And, and yeah, you never know. With <laughs> the, reason, the reason I talk about the skull is now we've got kids who have been on phones, um, and, and right. they have a thinner, thinner uh, skull. So right. there is a there is a more of a risk in children Wait, they, than adults. Well, oh, I see. I, I, I thought that. But it the problem causes. is, it's a risk from something that isn't particularly risky. In that the the radiation produced by cell phones is not of the type that. Can easily damage DNA. Maybe yeah, but now they're looking at different mechanisms. Now they're looking at different mechanisms. Yeah. Right, but now, but now, like we said, we've got this whole generation, and so we can see. Yeah, now, there's nothing wrong with study, but panicking yeah. people on CNN. Yeah, I didn't see any panicking yeah. on CNN. It's they were just, talking about ways to protect yourself, and they were talking about <clears throat> using a, you know, uh, a Bluetooth. Bluetooth thing, which probably produces its own damn radiation. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were saying no, that that's fine, but what? now. <clears throat> <laughs> now okay. I've I've taken my own steps to protect myself. Oh, yeah? um, I went did you, to the mall. Did you did you put your head in the Faraday cage? I went to the mall on the way here today. Did you see that that video with Adam Savage yeah. in a Faraday cage and they're playing the Doctor Who theme using yeah, the electric I, bolts? Did you see it on my? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's so cool! Sorry, a little nerdgasm moment. Go ahead and keep talking, Dave. So you went to protect yourself. I did. Tim Foil Hat Club. I picked up these. Healing stones. <laughs> really? They're right here. I think they, for right your here. cell phone usage, are, you might actually get more have, use out of the tinfoil hat. Five, he has five of them. Five healing stones. Now, know. Here. There's one that's going to help us here. There's, there's, let's see, amethyst, headache, uh, amethyst. let's see, asthma, hay fever, uh, heart amethyst and lungs, rose quartz is heart and lungs, and... Um, your complexion, rock quartz is a master healer. Here it is. Complexion? Yeah. I don't know. Hey, how uh, listeners, you, you see this? This is an amethyst. <laughs> Sodomite. The great, the great, the Do great. we know which one Sodomite so is? Because Sodomite. Sodomite blocks. It's this one. It blocks radiation and negative energies. So, oh. all you need to do is get folks a Sodomite stone. Okay. If you put this. Um, by your cell phone or between your ear and your cell phone, that will block the energy according to this healing stones. Yeah. There so you go. you're going to walk around now I with a stone in it. your ear. No, no. I could tape yeah, it to the phone you've, or something. You've got, you've got to tape it, I think, just below the ear, just below the antenna. But they make those little dangly no, things, no, right? No, just tape it across your things. ear. I'll probably <laughs> knock myself with the great, rock every time I put the, my the phone in my head. The great thing about those healing stones is, is it tells you what they are. Amethyst, cornelian, rose quartz, rock quartz, and sodalite. <laughs> and they don't tell you which one's which. Yeah, so now, now you have out. to go out and yeah. buy a, a mineral book. And <laughs> but they, they, they come in a lovely velvet pouch. <laughs> so we have one possibility of avoiding the issue, which is healing stones. It's too bad for you. Yeah. For you, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I, I was also thinking that with this whole cell phone and radiation thing, that it's possible that the advance in technology might make this a moot point. Well, they in are a few asking years. the cell phone companies to do something. Right yeah. now, the response is there's no evidence that our phones right. cause cancer. But but even, I'm talking about things like people using FaceTime or FaceAss or whatever the hell the the podcast. Pod, um, <laughs> Face, FaceTime. FaceTime. FaceTime, thank you, on, on your iPod to kind of hold it in your hand and talk to each other visually. Yeah. Yeah. You're not holding it up to your head anymore. Or, you know, in another 10 years, it'll be the next cell technology that replaces it. Or, or you do what Apple did with the Apple 4 and make one that doesn't actually work as a phone. <laughs> I mean, that's, that was pretty clever of them. They right. probably did that because of the study. They had. Uh, Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Continue. But yeah, so but the- this will boost the alternative radiation blocking technology we know. Yes. Has now I'm been- still voting for the tinfoil hat. I think that that might work better. Well, you can, you can buy actually a little piece of tin that goes over the, the speaker. Which, yes. Uh, for like they a do. dollar, yeah. dollar yeah. store. Yeah. Yeah. It's been proven technology that does something. Yes. Uh, okay. I know. I know. Uh, the bottom line is there's not much to worry about, but read up on it. No, no that's what the or... Italian scientists said about those earthquakes. <laughs> and they got arrested? Fine. I am willing to be arrested for saying there's probably not anything to worry about with your cell phones. I'll go on the record. Well, that's Greg Perrine. <laughs> Disclaimer, we do not give medical advice on this show. This is true. No. We do not give medical or legal advice. <laughs> Greg, tell Just us like about... Harold Camping. I mean, sorry, Lord <laughs> Voldemort. Greg, tell us about the Autism One conference. Well, uh, none of us actually went there. No. Um, but um, there's some really great accounts on it on Skeptic and Friendly Atheist by uh, Jamie Bernstein and also um, Ken Rebel or Rybel over on his blog or whatever. Um, I think he writes for Autism Newsbeat. Um, they, um, these two people, basically, not exactly as spies, but as you know, curious people went to the Autism One conference well, to see what it's about. They didn't exactly hide their identities or, or anything no. else. It's, yeah. That's why I was saying kind of spies is a, is a rough word, because they registered kind several like months. Kind of what the Autism One people do to other conferences. They show right. up to try and uh, waylay yeah. Yeah, the discussion, which is not what the right. people who were going but to Jamie and Ken basically they signed up months ahead, they used their real names, they didn't hide anything, and all they wanted to do was go to the conference and listen to see what was being said by quote-unquote the enemy so you know autism one is basically this um kind of autism organization for you know promotion of healing and stuff but a lot of woo and a heck of a lot of anti-vaccination so that's why uh these people uh, went to the conference to kind of hear the other side you know jamie bernstein is on women thinking free foundation which does the hug me i'm vaccinated campaign so (laughs) Um, so they just wanted to find out what it was. So they they went there, and there's some great accounts about what happened to them while they're there. Long story short, they were taking some pictures, which there's nothing. There was nothing said about picture taking, but only about audio and video recording. Right. And they took some pictures, and the president of uh, Autism One, who was there, flipped out at them. Called because in, they were recognized, or the one the one guy was recognized. The one guy at that might time. have been recognized, but they weren't sure if they sh- they had been or not. Right. But they didn't, you know, the 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 Jamie and Ken didn't confront anybody. They you know when asked, you know, did you take pictures? They said a couple pictures. We thought it was okay. We've seen other people taking pictures. If you want us to delete it, fine. Yeah. You know, they were being completely you know 
compliant with everything, but the woman basically flipped out, called in hotel security, and then also called in the police. Right, who were probably there as hired help, which police do on their days off. They'll they'll get hired for conferences and stuff. Right. So and and the woman was flipping out saying, "I want the film from your camera. I want the film from your camera." <laughs> okay. It's Who a- <laughs> uses film anymore? Not that I mean maybe a few professional artistic people because of the art of the film, but not not even journalists use film anymore really. No. So and, and and that's what some people they thought they were journalists, you know, what magazine do you write for? It's this whole basically expelled thing of you know, basically being very secretive and freaking out when anybody who might even question just attends the event. But the interesting thing about the event is this was just a hurricane of crazy-ass woo. Because you had, of course, um, there was, first of all, this big kind of conferency booth area outside that had, you know, things about aut- alternative autism therapies, homeopathy, Hyper- hyperbaric, chamber. hyperbaric chambers, gluten-free snacks... And something about makeup, which I didn't understand from Jamie's post, but maybe anti-autism makeup or something like that. Probably totally natural makeup. Yeah. Something like that. that. She even mentioned something called magic berries, which I know magic I have. Magic berries. Um, <laughs> I but, thought that's what went into the brownies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they have this big conference area where there are all these booths of people just selling woo. But when you get into the actual speakers area, of course, Andrew Wakefield was there. The hero of you know, the, the, the discredited sci- I don't even want to call him a scientist. You know, he was a doctor. Discredited doctor. Discredited doctor yeah. of, of autism and, and measles vaccine fame. There was also Jenny McCarthy was there, who was the keynote speaker. But did she actually speak? <laughs> no, well, she did apparently come in, do a few-minute introduction, and then pass the mic off to Byron Katie, who does... Who does this um, the self-help thing? Well, not even very self-helpy. It, called the, the work. Work. Yeah. The, and we'll I, talk about that more later. I'm just kind of summarizing, yeah. but um, Jenny McCarthy just said, "All right, here, you know, I'm going to introduce Byron Katie to do to tell us all about the work." And then Byron Katie did her thing, which was kind of despicable. And then Jenny McCarthy came back on and said, "Here's this video of me talking." <laughs> you know these people. Reg- I mean that that's like I, I would have been pretty mad. That would yeah. be like going to the amazing meeting where Dawkins is there, yeah. but Dawkins says I'm not going to talk to anybody. Here's a video of something that's I so I did, I did last, last year. year or something yeah. like yeah. that. And nobody does that. So there's I, that. You know I would see Dan rather he did that, but then he talked for a long time afterwards. Yeah. And he had there's nice a video, video and like question and answer or anything, and anything like that. And then um, one of the uh, they the by this time our friendly skeptical ninjas ninjas Jamie and Ken <laughs> had gotten kicked out, but apparently also speaking at the uh, conference were David and Mark Greer, who Geyer, oh. Geyer sorry, um, who, who are the father son team who are discredited doctors who were basically who should be thrown in jail. Yes, let's let's just yeah. not even sugarcoat this. Mis- These two need to be. Thrown yeah. in jail. What did they they're, do? They're getting their medical licenses disbarred left and right well, because okay, he hold on. is no. because the son the is the father doctor. has had his medical license revoked. The son hasn't because he doesn't okay, have what, one. What did they do? Right. They've been misdiagnosing children as having precocious puberty and oh, those guys. for and, autism. Yeah. And they've been prescribing Lupron for them, right. 
which chemical is essentially chemical castration. Right. <laughs> right. So they also nice. um, began hormone therapy, like you said, without physical, without adequate physical exams, and just a phone consultation. So these guys were there. Yes, all of these people. And they were spoke. There. Oh yes. So two people who were being non-disruptive. It's, it's amazing how were kicked out where these two assholes are given an hour to talk. Just it goes together. It all goes together. It's <laughs> one big echo chamber where it all kind of feeds on each other. Paranoia and anti-medicine and anti-science. Because I haven't heard the whole woo brought into this story yet. You know, I knew I knew the story about the parents who are sure that a, Wakefield was right, and, right. and but and I have not heard that now. This is a whole kind of a woo where they're they're buying into all the naturalistic and homeopathy and all of that stuff as well. But it doesn't surprise me. Right. I just w- was not aware of that any of this. Um, so it is. It sounds like a a cultish type of group at this point. It of, is of completely bad thinking, bad doctors, bad science. They don't know good science. They're already from the Wakefield thing. We already know they don't know good science from bad science. So why not homeopathy? Right. They're taking right? that one little step of not not having faith in the actual evidence of science. Because homeopaths are against the big medical establishment too. So they're right. all on the same side. They're natural allies. Right. They're they're natural allies. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But at the same time, though, because of this. People are not vaccinating their kids. Yeah. And uh, measles, which was essentially eradicated by the year 2000, is now seeing an uptick right. again. 6,500 cases in Europe alone. Yeah. 181 cases here in the United States. And they're saying like almost, what, 80% of those were actually from people coming back right. over. People who have been exposed in Europe coming back, bringing it here, and exposing others to it. Yeah. In addition, people who were not getting their booster shots who got the series as a kid not getting their booster shots because they don't need it religious exemption whatever ash crack yeah religious excuses yeah that they can use to not get you know pricked with a needle which i've already said i don't think there should be any religious exemption from it's tough to say yes we need to enforce you but also it's also pushing scientists who have legitimate studies in vaccinations from actual studying actual problems, like with the oral polio vaccine, where kids were actually getting polio. Now instead they've had to go, okay, well, we've got to fight all of these other unscientific claims to prove that our vaccines are good rather than investigating legitimate vaccine-related yep. Yep. taking injuries. resources away from public health to deal with these um, this basic... Horrible propaganda from this autism one, folks. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, Andrew Rickfold is single-handedly responsible yeah. for bringing measles back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, Andy. Yeah. Nice. And Jenny McCarthy isn't helping. No. Yeah. yeah. She's... And so, but she keeps on jumping from one thing to another. Her her kid used to be a uh, indigo, indigo child, indigo child yeah. and now is autistic, but apparently doesn't actually suffer from autism. They're saying yeah. it may may have been or a mixed diagnosis, or, yeah, yeah, mild or something right. like that. And now now she's gone on to this the, the work apparently. The work. 
Yeah. And um, what I, I like about that is about the work. This is this is their blurb on the website at thework.com. Um, but you have to you have to go to the second page about the work, and um, they, they they get you fill out a, a judge your neighbor worksheet. Yeah. So so she keeps jumping from from woo to woo and. And so the, the work has on, on their website uh, this, this lovely quote. It says, The work is a simple yet powerful process of inquiry that teaches you to identify and question the thoughts that cause all the suffering in the world. It's a way to understand what's hurting you and to address the cause of your problems with clarity. Now, I don't really have a problem with it as a sort of a self-help, but when it says that very, very broad statement, all the suffering in the world, it really... Yes, yeah, because my thoughts caused the Rwandan genocide. Right. No, that's that's not it's very saying. It's very blame the victim mentality. I don't think so. You don't think okay, so? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Because it, it just says, you identify and question the thoughts that cause all the suffering in the world. What do you take from that? Well, because I looked at it, <laughs> I did look into this a little bit, and I, it, it, it's self-help, Okay. The suffering she's talking about is how you perceive the things in your life and the bad things that are occurring to you in your life. And I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, promote or, or say this is a great, you know, therapy. But what she is talking about, and I think some people, some bloggers have taken this a little bit wrong, is, deal, is, is kind of try to look at the things in your life from a little bit different perspective. And and that's really all that she's. You doing. know what? But I respectfully uh, disagree with you yeah. because she's very much blame the victim. You are the cause of the stuff that is bad in your life. And there are times where yes, my bad thoughts, whatever they may be, might be the cause of why I'm arguing with my boss or something. You know? Yes, I agree with that. But to say. It's all my fault. Everything bad that has ever happened to me. I don't think no. she says that. Well, here's here's an example. Here's an example of what she actually did at this Autism One conference. And of course, it's paraphrased because they weren't actually right. doing any auto recording. But everybody had to fill out these forms about themselves of what they were angry about, and they were basically told. And they wrote down things like, "I am angry with my husband because he does not accept me as a whole package," or. I'm frustrated with my son because he always puts, him, um, puts himself down, or I'm angry with the pharmaceutical companies for hurting my son. So what Katie, um, uh, Byron, Byron Katie, Katie does is say, well, does your hu- husband not accept you, or do you not accept your husband? Does he always put himself down, or do you always put him down? Or did the pharmaceutical companies hurt your son, or did you hurt your son? So he, she forces them to, to come around and actually say, I don't accept my husband as a whole, whole person. I always put my son down, and I hurt my son. Yeah. So it's a lot of, it's, it's maybe not the secret, you know, you're changing the universe at a quantum level, but it is blaming the victim of, I'm angry about this because this happened, so yeah. I need to take responsibility because this happened because I must have done something to make it happen. And that's the problem. It's not secrety kind of the universe is kind of changing at a quantum level, but it is anything bad happened to me was my fault because I must have done something to bring it on myself. And that's the problem with judging a technique by 
someone who is sitting in the audience at a short demonstration okay. and not looking and into the on, actual technology. And then it's on, wait, wait. And then on her website, she says, no, people commonly report are more peace. Discover how to become a lover of what is. Rather than learning how to change something, you have you to accept. accept. Sure. But let's let's talk about what you're talking about. And, and you're saying it's to blame the victim. I don't, I'm not I'm not going to promote this. I don't, I don't think it's very good self-help. Oh, it's definitely there's, not there's good. There's so much but... bad self-help out there. I think this does not distinguish itself by any worse being any worse than than any other self-help book I've seen on the shelves. Um, the things that she's doing, you just because I've watched her videos. I did. I, so did I. Okay. Is when she's saying when she's saying okay look at did I do this? It's it's a it's kind of just a flipping the perspective in order for you can to see it's what a, it's like a very simple pop psychology. It's a simple pop psychology, and that is just a technique. It's not right. it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. You're causing all these but problems. She, it's a flip and look look at look at at a different perspective. Mark. But she yeah. has on 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 her website and the things that she says. She has all of the key signs of it growing into the big woo or like how Dr. Phil was, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's got all of the, the, the signatures yeah. of that. She has, but she's it, way too but much, she has but taken... she has way too confident in her own technique. Yes. She, but she's she way starts... too confident because this is something that she did herself, right? She kind of, and realized, Hey, you know, I came and out she, of depression well, and now I'm going to teach everybody what I did. And that was just a one that was a, End of one. That's just her, you know. Right. And she's gotten she's gotten way too much confidence that she knows how to you know make people feel better. I don't know, this, you know, but I just don't think that I think the bloggers have gone too far in in saying this is a this is a horrible blame the victim woo thing. I just don't but agree. But she with that. doesn't stop at look at it from another perspective. You know, she doesn't stop at the question, did I do this or did you know did. Am I angry at my husband, or is my hang- husband angry at me? It's not. It, she doesn't stop there. It's well, I must. I am angry with my husband. You know, my husband is angry at me. So that no, that's just a technique she, of perspective. No, but she doesn't stop at the perspective. She says, you know, she forces people to say, "I, I hurt my son. son. I did this." And that's taking it's blame a, it's a in yourself. It's a technique. But you're taking somebody who is already feeling guilty because their child has autism. You're taking somebody who is probably under a tremendous amount of stress and tremendous amount of guilt and then making them turn around and say, I hurt my son by getting him a vaccine? Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. But it's not just bad advice. It makes the person feel they have done something wrong, whatever the issue is. You know, you know, I got an argument. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. skeptical about this very short snippet of what she did at that conference. That's that's what I'm skeptical about. So that's why I went and looked more but, deeply into what she does. And I don't think it's good self-help, but I do think it's not as despicable as what's been presented. That's well, what I'm and saying. Well, and then she, then she, I mean, you saw the video on her website where the programmer is talking to her asking why why should I love the trash out outside of the trash bin or inside the trash yeah. bin? She's like, Oh oh you're thinking about this logically, aren't you? Yeah. Well yeah. Yeah you are. Well you're supposed to think about it emotionally? I mean there's <laughs> It, it's not yes. quite as damaging as the people who are saying 
don't get your kid vaccinated. It's not quite as damaging as the people are saying, don't get medicine, use faith healing. Well, but it's really bad psychology. And the fact that she was at the autism I, I line, anti vaccination Yeah, and that's a strike against her. That's a strike yeah. against her that she's associated with those people and that she's part of the whole woo, woo culture. And, and I, I, well, I can see that. Tying back into that, what did you but do to give time, your child autism? I have not seen enough of, from from researching what she's done. I have not seen enough to really say this is a bad person doing bad things. And that's what I would caution you know against snap judgments. Here's the thing. Her intentions may be good, but as the saying goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And her I, intentions might be get somebody else to look at that. I'm not saying I, No, th- that's what you... You just said that. You just said that, Dave. <laughs> you said... No, I said not just her intentions aren't bad. I'm saying anything that she has actually... I'm talking about what she's actually done. I'm not talking about her intentions. So I'm saying she's you, not you want, actually done anything bad that I can see. Except maybe that thing about I hurt my child, but I think that was just a technique. And I but think that was when, not given context of what she was doing. Like this, she was not, and you're trying was not pres- giving context. When you're at a conference like this and you're trying to present your program... You're trying to get the summary of your idea across in 10 minutes. Yeah, it's possible and not the, to... the summary that she comes down to is, don't talk about blaming the other person, blame yourself. And that's, that's the elevator speech of her presentation of, you know, turn it around so it's not you angry with them, it's angry with yourself. Yeah. And maybe that's she, a maybe bad it was horrible. thing. Maybe it was horrible. But I'm not, but I, I, we, none of us in this room got that 10 minute speech. We got a couple of snippets and we didn't hear the, the, pers- you know, the, the All context. Right. I tell you what, I'll, I'll sign you up for one of our conferences and you can go and. Okay. <laughs> I can be that programmer guy. I mean, I mean, she, in her video that she posted on the web, she had a skeptic who stood up yeah. and said, I think what you're doing doesn't make sense. And this is why I think, because you're telling people not to, not to be motivated about changing things in your life, you know? And she mm-hmm. allowed that. She, that's on her front page. Okay? This is true. She did not cut that out. She did not edit that. That is her premiere video. The first person asked a question and says, I have a problem with what you're doing, and here's why. And, you know? That is admirable, her. Yeah. Of her, but it's like the mainstream, middle-of-the-road Christians not fully criticizing the wackaloons on the extreme. Right. That you know, it's not. It's it's actually almost worse because it's creating this gray area of not getting valid psychological help, not you know, really kind of dealing with your issues and attacking. But, and look, the thing about look, it is, she's is that not, she is not out there saying she can cure uh, psychological disorders. All That's what, the thoughts that cause all the problems in, in the, the world. world. No, not the thoughts that cause the problems. Yes. There's the thoughts that cause the suffering about the problems. It's the suffering. That's what she says. Okay? But that's not what she said. Yes, it is. Gary, can we have the quote again? Yeah, hold on. She's out to say, she's, she's, she's attacking the suffering. Not the things that cause suffering. The She's thoughts, attacking the, the, the same, thoughts that cause the thoughts that cause suffering. The thoughts that cause suffering. But all the suffering in the world. The thoughts that cause all the suffering. Yes, define and question the thoughts that cause all the suffering. What in she's the talking world. about is your perspective about things. I'm not. Look, I am not. That may be how you're all interpreting it. All I'm saying it. is, let's be skeptical about this, and let's not make snap judgments about some people who are sitting in a conference and heard three or four lines wrote three or four lines about somebody's technique. All I'm saying is let's be skeptical 
and not ju- rush to judgment on this. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah. I'm not going to defend her technique. Okay, like, so they write three or four saying. lines about it, and you're having an issue about it. But if somebody were to take a line out of some scientific paper that might be translatable somewhere else, you know, vague enough to where it says autism is caused by fruit snacks or something, and they take that out of context, how is that any different? I don't get what you're saying. Well, I, well, I think... Right, you don't take things out of context. Well, exactly. No, wait, you don't, wait, wait, that's wait. what I'm saying. We, we, I think You are proving my point. You do not take things out of context. We have enough, we have enough information on on the work to pass judgment on. We know it's bad psychology. Well... You know it is. Is it psychology? Psychiatry, whatever. Is it psychiatry? No, it would be psychology. Cause it's psychiatry, bad, okay, psychiatry fine. Psychiatry gets it's bad to write the self-help. drugs. It's self-help. It's bad it's self-help. It's probably very bad self-help. It, it's probably... Which all self-helps pretend to be psychology. They pretend that they can fix, you know, the, the emotional issues that you're dealing with every day. And that so. is what psychology is supposed to do. So it's it's dime store kind of you know old wise so, tale psychology. You know, I'm, all I'm passing judgment there, on without, it. With all the woo This is woo filled. What's the woo? Tell me. Because she, the thoughts that cause all the suffering in the world. Yeah. <laughs> all the suffering, suffering in the, the world. world. So the, the how many billions of people here on the planet? Six or seven. There you go. Six or seven billion people worth of suffering is caused by when you, when you say something like all the suffering in the world to the average person who's just sitting in the audience who in this case especially is susceptible to this kind of thing thinks all the suffering in the world we just had these horrible tornadoes that's causes suffering that when so when you have this kind of wishy washy poor psychology it leads to you know people. Putting blame in the wrong places. She's just a self-help person. I mean, this okay, is yes, yes, and she yes, of course. But that's Every, I would, that's I, would I would tell you what. <laughs> I would listen to her, compare her to one of these uh, magic berries people. The magic berry person at the booth is worse than her. If you make a comparison, but all we have she's even doing less is, context. All she's about doing is saying, you know what? You know what? If all she's saying, all she's saying is that you know what? If you're feeling bad about something. Try this technique. Ask your, go through the, ask some questions about yourself. Try to think of things in a different perspective, and see if you can make make yourself feel better about this. This is all she's doing. All she's doing. No, but she's and saying I think these this blogs will blowing things out of proportion. That's all she's doing. The but she's only thing she's doing is saying, you, you know better. what? If, when bad things happen to you, there's a way you can look at these things and laugh it off and say, this is okay, I can deal with this. That's all she's doing. Well, you're gonna... How bad is it? If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But how bad is that okay. compared to magic berries well, who are going to make you, you know, your autistic... Here's the thing, though. Here's Hold the... on, David. It's psychological homeopathy. It's, it's not getting the proper help, homeopathy, whatever... But it's, she's not it's... saying she's going to cure people who yes, need... Yes, she is. So, 
She's not saying the, you're not the just going to make you feel better not and not have any more suffering. People who do the work as an ongoing practice commonly report alleviation of depression, yeah, decreased stress, improved relationships, reduced anger, increased mental clarity, more energy, more peace. Alleviation yeah. of depression, find See? resolution, even happiness in situations that were once debilitating. Right. Learn how to live with less anxiety or fear. Experience anxiety. deeper connections. Understand what makes you angry and resentful and become less reactive less often with less intensity. See, we this would, is all we very would have mild the same stuff. problem with someone selling a magnetic bracelet that could fix it all. Because it's not an actual mechanism that will really solve How do these you problems. prove to me that this is not an actual mechanism? What is your information that tells you that this does not help people actually because, 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 the, because the language because is blame look, the victim? The, the, no, it's not. The, where's, uh, you know what? I will wholeheartedly, to the end of this earth, disagree with you because on this. Because you read a couple snippets from somebody who wrote I read a couple of snippets and then I went and watched the fucking videos, Dave. Okay. <laughs> I didn't just go, oh my god, this is what this person said. I must believe them. I researched it. Just the same as Greg did. Just the same as Gary, Gary. did. Just the same as you did. Of course, and I couldn't watch all of it because it kept stopping like 5 minutes <laughs> 10. So maybe I missed something. You know, but I went ahead and I looked at not just the videos that the others sent, but I looked at other videos and I Googled and I did the research and I even actually got on professional websites that didn't have shit about this. I yeah. went and did my homework. What is I the harm still in this? What? People not getting actual valid psychological help. help when they need it. And Do you think people who need psychological help are using this instead of? Yes. Uh, yes, I For do what believe. Type of it's the same people, reason why people buy berry juices rather than actually. Okay. You know, is this worse than somebody picking up a self-help book in the bookstore because they think they're going to get some relief? Is it worse? Any worse than somebody walking well, into a, a bookstore and picking up a self-help book? Any worse? A lot of those health health books are just as bad as this. Okay, is it any worse? So, that, I'm trying to bring some kind of. We've talked about this way too long. Yeah. <laughs> but this is no worse than somebody saying, hey, "You know what? I feel bad. I have a bad relationship. I'm picking up a self help book." It's no worse than that. Ninety percent of the self help books on the shelf. But on the spectrum of self-help... If you want bad self-help, I'll give you bad self-help. <laughs> yes, but here's the thing. She is speaking at a conference where you already have people who are feeling guilty, who are having a lot of issues, who are having a lot of problems, who are there trying to figure out the best way to help their child. And she is playing into this whole blame the victim. The same way that Wakefield did with his whole, oh, look, your child has autism because you gave him a damn vaccine. It's just a step beneath it. Okay, we disagree. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm not defending her. I want you to know I'm not defending her because I, I think it's bad self-help what she's doing. It is. Most self-help And is... you're right. There's worse things out there. But we have to fight all of it. We, yeah, we have to fight all of it so that, you know, it this kind of crap really doesn't get cemented into the culture. Okay, listeners, go watch the video. Give us your opinion. <laughs> judge for yourself. Is this, you know, judge, let us know what you think. Maybe we'll put a topic on Facebook and you can all. I am not defending yeah, this one. Yeah, I want you understand. to know I am not defending. Yeah. I'm we just agree. trying to be skeptical. I'm trying to say we need to understand this before we pass judgment. That's all I'm saying. And I do know, I'll tell you this, and maybe you can agree with this, based on those little snippets and some of the comments and bloggers saying how bad we researched, but I think some of them didn't. 
and saying how horrible, horrible, disgusting this woman was without really knowing what the hell she was talking about. I don't think that she's disgusting. I think that she is terribly misguided, and she is misguiding people who are in a sensitive position. Yeah. I think we can't. I, we didn't get the full context of that speech. Just, well, you know, the, I, I already have such a bad you, you, opinion of self-help, and that's probably where I'm coming in. That you can throw her in the bad help. The you, self-help. You, know, you read, you read Carnegie's book. She doesn't, book, she doesn't she? make a ripple. I'll show you bad self-help, and that's probably where I'm coming from. I have to say, the best from. self-help guru out there right now is Dan Savage and DTMFA. Dump the motherfucker already. <laughs> Let's dump this motherfucking subject, okay? Okay. <laughs> dump it in the trash with the rest of the junk. Sorry. DNA! <laughs> Yay, we have a transition! Yeah, we're going to talk about junk DNA. If we have time, hopefully. You know. Well, <laughs> we'll just have another long show. This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. seconds. Five, four. Okay, so here's Get another uh, argument for intelligent design that may be coming to a school board near you. Woohoo! Uh, Texas! <laughs> oh, it'll definitely be in there. This would be and great. May, and probably already has. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the kind of thing that got brought up in the Dover trial. There's a new book that just came out. Uh, it's called The Myth of Junk DNA. It's written by intelligent design proponent Jonathan Wells. Okay. Now, uh, I have not read the book, but the arguments have been posted on their Evolution News and Views blog uh, for everyone to see, and that's what I'm going to talk about. So, C-Design proponentist, what's-his-face, read a, read a book. Jonathan Wells, yeah, okay. the myth of junk DNA. So, so what we got about uh, junk DNA? Okay. Before we get into the case he's making, I want to talk about Jonathan Wells a little bit, because I love to look into the personalities of these people. Um, he has a Ph.D., and molecular and cell biology, which wow. is cool as hell. I would love to have that because that sounds awfully cool. He also has a PhD in religious studies. So oh. you can probably see where this is going. There's nothing wrong with studying religion. Well, okay, that's true. You just got to take it with a skeptical eye. <laughs> but that's not what he did. Actually, his, his major field of study when he got his uh, PhD in theology was the conflict between evolution and religion. There is a conflict. I agree. Now, he is a Mooney. He is a member of Sun Yung Moon's Unification Church. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Wow. It just gets better and better. Now, he's held positions in the church. In fact, he's um, uh, considered an expert on the marriage. You know, they're big. They're big. Group marriage. Group marriages. Well, Um, they're not really group marriages. More as... Groups mass. of people, mass marriage. Yeah, and they don't even know each other. And, and the Reverend Moon matches yes. everyone together, and all these people get married at once. Of course, it's highly criticized, and he spent so much time defending this practice that he is now considered an expert in the field of defending. So um, did they did they use uh, Sunger Moon's um, technique to do the scientific matching on, like, Zeusk and all those places? <laughs> it would be interesting <laughs> to see how long those marriages last. Um, and how happy they are. I don't know if this guy got married that way. I don't know. I don't know if he's married. But that's not in his biography. Well, you said you looked him up. I did. It's not in his wiki page. Um, <laughs> the now, source of all knowledge. His, theological, the his, his theology uh, studies were, were paid for by Reverend Moon. Oh, sweet. And then oh, he, imagine that. <laughs> he was handpicked for the PhD by Reverend Moon for his for the PhD program, him and about a couple of dozen people, because wow. they were out to destroy Darwinism. Okay. okay, hold on. What PhD program? Because when you say handpicked by Reverend Moon for a PhD program, I'm thinking that this is not a legitimate 
No, he went to Yale, got a PhD in molecular and cell biology. Yeah. No, look, the guy seems to know what he's doing as far as cell biology. He okay, may he know cell biology. The, he may know about the knowledge, but he may he probably doesn't believe it. Is what? Well, I'm no, he believes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he believes that cells work the way they do. You know. And they, you know, it's just kind of the they higher level came, interpretation they of They just came to us as they are now. They've never evolved. Okay, let's... Well, let's not psychoanalyze them. And he believes, yes. I mean, I think you're <laughs> jumping to conclusions here. Um, we'll leave that to Katie. Now, he's written some books. His most famous book was Icons of Evolution in 2002. Uh, he wrote The Politically Incorrect Guide to Darwinism and Intelligent Design in 06. You may have seen that in the airports, along with all the other politically incorrect guides. Uh, he wrote uh, 10 Questions to Ask Your Biology Teacher About Evolution. Okay, oh, that guy. He's written a few, uh, co-written a few books with William Densky. Uh, one with the clever title of How to Be an Intellectually Fulfilled Atheist or Not. Oh, and he's Isn't an AIDS denialist. <laughs> Most of the time. He's an AIDS denialist as well. So then I would say he probably doesn't understand cell biology. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about this book. Um, the book is about junk DNA and how it relates to the theory of evolution and intelligent design. So what is junk DNA? Why is it important to the theory of evolution, according to Dr. Wells? Well, tell us, Dave. Okay. I'm about to. <laughs> DNA's purpose is to code for proteins, right? We've known this since the 50s. Um, now, in the no, purpose. Purpose. <laughs> DNA codes for proteins. Yes. That basically make up Alleles. our body. <laughs> what did you say? That Alleles. Alleles, yes. Now, in the 70s, we realized, to, our, to the scientists' surprise, that it was only about 1% to 2% of our DNA actually codes for proteins. So after that, there was a lot of work done. Okay, what is the rest of our DNA that doing? That 98%? Yeah. The rest, the 98% of our doing, uh, DNA doing. It throws care parties. There had already Ooh. been some ideas about what some supporting roles of DNA for regulating the coding genes, right? Things like well, the, the end of the strand of the DNA right. is a non-coding space that just right. marks the end, end of, of the right. DNA and right. caps it off right. and stops it from right. incorrectly copying yeah. and stuff like and that. And there's others that tell it when to turn on, when to turn off, things like that. Okay, so right. there's a regulatory function about a lot of the DNA. But again, that's still just a small fraction of our DNA. Okay, okay there's a lot of it. There is a lot. So um, now, while we were trying to figure out what that, the rest of the DNA might be doing, there was also the realization, realization that it may have no purpose at all, and it just may be artifacts from the evolutionary process. Okay, Just like us. And a hypothesis was put forth. Or fifth. And, and if you want to hear about the four ways that we can get de junk DNA, I'm glad to tell you if we have time. Okay. <laughs> well. To go through them very quickly, one is a complete, sometimes your entire genome gets copied. So you have two copies of your genome. And as those degrade, they just, and they don't do anything and they sit there. It can be retroviruses that can insert themselves in your DNA. They don't do anything. After a while, if that gets in your germ cell, you pass it on, becomes part of your DNA. And there's a couple other ways. Um, so there is, you know, junk. Now, a lot of scientists, I'm not going to get into the debate about how many percentages, because this is a big debate. Um, they said, yes, there is junk DNA, but there's also DNA that we don't know the function of, and we're going to continue studying that. Okay. But, they, but they know it does, they know that DNA does stuff, 
Because I, I always under, I, I always thought that the term junk DNA was kind of a, a placekeeping term, like dark energy or dark matter. We didn't know what it did, so we know what this part does. So we call this, you know, this is the decoding sequence. Yeah, active. And the rest of it, we'll just call it junk because we don't know what it does. You know, the opinion varies widely. There are scientists today who believe that 90% of our DNA does absolutely nothing. And you could cut it out with no effect. Lazy fuckers. Okay. And remember they did that experiment recently where they cut out a bunch of DNA from a bacteria and it just had no effect? Yeah, right. There's there's a bunch. And and so there are some clues. There are some ways. There are some clues. Because if it's junk and it's not doing anything, it's not subject to um, uh, selection pressure, so it tends to degrade. And so if you're finding the same gene but it's kind of degraded in different species and stuff, you can think that 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 gene probably has no purpose. And it's just allowed to degrade, and it degrades at a faster rate because it's not being selected out. Right, and, so and it's also a, a good just general clock for evolution. Yeah, because if it's fast, not under selection pressure, that fast it's a good rate clock. is fairly steady because right. it doesn't have the evolutionary pressure. Right. Then if you be- if you don't believe in evolution, that doesn't make any sense. Well, True. yeah, <laughs> yes. In fact, this person, uh, P.G. Myers, did a blog and I said, "Well, he's begging the question. You know, that's oh, yeah. the whole point. Does this have purpose?" When he's saying, "You know," so there are clues. So yeah. and a lot of scientists think that most of our DNA is not is not it is junk. Okay. Um, now, so um, if you, I'm not going to get the, most of the uh, blog wars have been about the history of what did scientists know about junk DNA? When when did they know it? So I'm not going to get into that because that seems to be the big debate. Jonathan Wells points a history of as soon as we realized there's junk DNA, Darwinists. I put my okay. quotes up there because I hate that term, but it, he uses it constantly. Darwin has said, oh, this this basically verifies our theory because if it's intelligently designed, why is, why is all this junk here? <laughs> and they were so attached to that that they made it dogma, they made it an icon, and they slowed down and, and tried to stop genetic research into what that DNA is. And millions died because of it, you know? Um, <laughs> So the millions whole, are all, you know, just like Hitler, millions are always dying because of evolution. They so the stopped whole, genetic research. You know, human genome project that was not researched into what DNA is, that's that's their argument? Yeah, well, um, what his argument is that ever since the genome project, we learned that there are so many functions for junk, what was considered junk, that now we can really no longer say that there is even such thing as junk DNA. I think he he seems to present this argument that eventually we'll we're going to understand the, all the functions. Yes. It's it's yeah. almost kind of a god of the gaps argument. It in it, reverse. It is not even a logical yeah. argument. He, what he's trying to say is well, that's not god of the gaps isn't logical. I've tried to figure out the argument. It's more of a narrative than an argument. It's like Darwin is. This is their last straw. He actually wrote an article called Darwin's Last Stand, and that this is the last thing that Darwinists are holding on to to verify their theory. Except okay? for the fact that Darwin had no idea what the hell DNA he was. You know, he knew there was didn't. some mechanism for passing the yes. stuff on, but he had no idea. I think. But he's, the idea still made sense when Darwin thought of it. Jonathan Wells is the David Barton of science, you know, history. <laughs> okay, he takes the science history and he cherry picks. And he just completely misread. You know, there, this is a genuine scientific debate. There are scientists who think that maybe most of our genome has function. There are scientists that thinks it's a very small function. He and he cherry picks that, 
And he tries to say, okay, he's already destroyed Darwinism except for this last thing, and this is what they're this is what they're holding out for. Okay? And if he can knock down this icon, then basically Everybody's gonna turn into a creation. It's it's kind of his version of the crocoduck. Ooh. The idea Perhaps. that if we found found a crocoduck fossil, that would mean all of evolution yes. would be disproved. Or or a, a bunny rabbit in the I thought they did that with period. the banana. Okay. Right? That's, I thought no, the banana that's, proved that there was no. The banana is the atheist nightmare. Oh. Now, if you if you thought that this was such a critical component of evolutionary theory, you would think it would be prominent in the two biggest pop you know popular evolutionary books in the past year, which is uh, why evolution is true. Mm. And great show, great on, show Earth, on Earth, which neither of those give more than a passing mention of junk tonight. But that's part of the conspiracy. Dun, 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 dun. So really, only if you think that evolution has very little evidence with going for it, which Dr. Wells believes he says is very underwhelming. Other than all of the evidence, if you ignore all the evidence, there's very little going for it. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. um, he believes he is knocking the legs out of the last icon of evolution. It's funny because the blogosphere is all about him saying, oh, Darwin has just totally dismissed any function for junk DNA and the scientists saying, no, we didn't. You know, the whole argument on the blogosphere is really yeah. silly right now. He's, and he's taking to the point. I would like to ask him, what is your point? You know, so what, what if 90% of our DNA had function? You know, what's the point? It, it doesn't, doesn't disprove evolution theory at all. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why I think, you know, they're very good at narrative and they just yeah. want to give their people some kind of debating point, you know, that's just a good soundbite. And I think that's what this whole book is. It's, it's kind of a ridiculous, ridiculous book. He's taking the valid argument of, well, is it 40% of our DNA that actually does something versus, well, maybe it's 70% and making that disproving evolution. Which is, yeah. it's apples and oranges. Yeah. But I love, because um, he wrote the 10 questions to ask your science teacher. Yeah. And and then uh, I know uh, PZ Myers is, is giving a talk, and they've also put up another questions to ask. And my, my question to them is, do you even have a clue on what you're asking? <laughs> my, I know my, my brother once asked me one of those questions. I just looked at him and said, I could explain it to you, but you don't even know where you're coming from. You don't know why you're asking <laughs> exactly. the question. Yes, I could explain, but no, that's uh, why, I won't. That's why something like this coming from a cell a guy with a PhD in cell molecular biology, he knows. Yeah. You know? And he's chooses being, to ignore the knowledge that we have. He's choosing yeah, to be this, dishonest about You know what, though? It's the same the argument that people have used about Darwin. Darwin only, you know, came up with the theory because he was angry over the death of his daughter, Annie. <laughs> right. You know, it's a flip argument. He kind of codified the evolution because the idea of evolution had been around I wasn't for a while well, well no it had been around for well, 100 years he, what, no he he discovered the mechanism right for he discovered the uh, mechanism right, right, right. but we Lamarckian knew, evolution right. had already been around right. for several hundred natural years. selection sexual selection that type of thing that's was not right. proposed right, right. and and that's one of the things that the ideas don't understand is that we know without a doubt evolution happens yeah. what darwin thought of was how does it happen? Right. What's, not what's whether or not it happens. Yeah. Everybody agreed, yes, it happens. Okay. So. See? You, you, yeah, I don't have to do any more research now. 
<laughs> you know, we talked about the um, the book, um, the politically incorrect guide. Yeah. There was a great quote by Reed Cartwell, who writes the Pandas Thumb, who reviewed that book and said, "Not only is it politically incorrect, but incorrect in most other ways as well, scientifically, logically, historically, legally, <laughs> academically, and morally." Legally. Wow. Well, there are legal issues in, in this, this whole thing, so... Huh. Yes, that our school board, department <laughs> school board, will be tackling. Now, you have here about Casey Luskin write, writing a rebuttal. Yeah, I'm not sure... Why is he writing a rebuttal? I, this, I is, this, is, this is what really first pissed me off ass? about this whole thing that got me looking into this. John Farrell of Forbes was writing about uh, Larry Moran's series of articles on why the junk DNA hypothesis that Wells is putting forward is is ridiculous. And not only not just the hypothesis, but the, the history of science that Jonathan Wells is putting forward is ridiculous. And that was mostly what it was it was focused on. Now Jonathan Wells has been posting these arguments on Evolution News and Views. He also had a, a interview about the book. This this is what really got me upset. John Farrell wrote talked to Moran, wrote this article about Moran's points and then the Discovery Institute crowd started mocking John Farrell and saying he had written a book review without reading the book. And they put two complete blog posts together, mocking John Farrell, saying, did you read the book? Did you really read the book before you wrote this book review? And then they started calling it, you know, the... I'm actually impressed that they could put two blog posts <laughs> At Forbes, John Farrell joins in a lailing of Jonathan Wells, which is their new word for they doing a book review without reading the book, because supposedly Alela did, did the same thing. I haven't looked what they did. He did not write a book review. He never claimed to have read the book. The guy he's talking about never claimed to read the book. book. He said he hadn't read the book, but in fact, his entire article was point by point rebuttal of an interview with Jonathan Wells. It was very clear exactly what it was. It was a point by point rebuttal of Jonathan so Wells. So what you're interview. saying is, is that the Discovery Institute wasn't honest in what they wrote. Well, oh my God! Either that, they can't either that or they have reading comprehension problems. They have real problems. <laughs> um, well, you know, they're just. Reviewing books the way that we did in high school, you know, when you didn't actually read the story. You, you, you read the blurb on the back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that, yeah. It's that, very that selective, like, we're only going to read these things and we're not going to go outside of our comfort zone kind of thing. Sure. So we're not oh. going to go read the other side blog. And, right. And, and, you know, I personally, I don't want to go read the conservative blogs or World Nut Daily or any of that kind of stuff. Because by the way, hard. he's written uh, Jonathan Wells has written for World Nut Daily. I don't personally want to do that, but I'm not making arguments on blogs about it. <laughs> there are people much braver than I who have gone onto those sites and they do read the other side. And I will tell you, it's painful. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I subscribe to the Evolution News and Views blog, which is the Discovery Institute blog, and I do occasionally go there and read that. That's why I knew about this argument, the well, John TNA, uh, months ago before I knew about this book coming out. So I already knew the arguments. Oh. God, yeah. I couldn't even finish Jesus Camp. How do you do that every day? <laughs> I, I can't even get through a 10-minute clip of Jesus Camp. <laughs> okay, anyway. thanks for listening. to. I love these evolution intelligent design arguments. and So it's, it won't be the last, but this, is, this was a fun one. All right. Well, Thank you okay. for uh, putting that together and okay. talking about it. Does anybody have anything else? Any announcements? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I guess we can sign off then. Uh, well, 
Uh, have a good... The Skeptic Wire podcast <laughs> theme music kids. is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. 